This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Well, today we have just had the first comprehensive look at the state of cancer in the province. On the one hand, the number of new cancer cases has nearly tripled over the last three and a half decades. And the increase in new cases can largely be attributed to an aging population and population growth. At the same time, cancer survival for nearly all cancer types is improving, particularly in breast, colorectal, and lung cancers. So, the five-year survival rate for all cancers combined in Ontario is 63%, and that's a significant increase from 48% in the mid-80s. The numbers, approximately one in two Ontarians will develop cancer in their lifetime, and approximately one in four will die from it. Uh, those are pretty big numbers, a lot to digest there. Uh, right now, we're going to talk to Dr. Pritish Day from Cancer Care Ontario. Welcome, Dr. Day. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So uh, these are kind of big global numbers. Uh, what do we learn from them? Because after all, the, the situation is very different for uh, every type of cancer and, and also for every case. Well, you're right. Um, well, this report, like you mentioned, is our first uh, really comprehensive, in-depth look at uh, the state of cancer in the province of Ontario. And so the report actually doesn't just talk about all cancers together, but we take a look at each uh, each of the top 20 cancer types in the province in uh, quite a bit of depth. Uh, and the stats that you mentioned are, are certainly staggering. Uh, in 2016 alone, we're expecting about 85,000 new ca- uh, cases of cancer in the province. And our population of survivors is growing. Over 360,000 people uh, with a previous history of, uh, of cancer um, are, are alive in Ontario today. Uh, what's surprising from the report is the fact that many of the common cancers that you mentioned, like uh, breast cancer, colorectal cancer, prostate and lung cancer, they still make up a, a large proportion of the cancer types that we see uh, every year, about half of all cancer, new cancer cases. Uh, but what's really um, interesting and um, you know and surprising from this year's report is the fact that some of the less cancer types, uh, less common cancer types, are uh, showing the fastest rises in recent years. Uh, cancer types like uh, thyroid cancer, pancreatic cancer, uterine cancer, and liver cancer, and that's really where uh, I think we need to do uh, more research to find out the reasons why. Okay, well, it's very interesting that uh, you mention thyroid and pancreatic cancer. Um, So thyroid cancer, I think, has just about the highest survival rate of all the cancers is something up around 99%. And pancreatic cancer, which uh, in in full disclosure, uh, I'm a survivor of it, and it is my cause, has the lowest survival rate, the only cancer with a survival rate still in the single digits at 8%. Right. So these two types of cancers, uh, they've been increasing in, uh, in terms of their incidence rate 
by about 7% to 3% uh, per year in the last decade or so. And the survival for these have actually increased over the last 30 years of data that we looked at, um, partly because they, they've had low survival to begin with. But I think um, a lot of the uh, the change that we've seen in both incidence and survival for these cancers uh, reflects the fact that Technology is changing over time. So for thyroid cancer, for example, we have uh, uh, better technologies to be able to detect them. So we're simply catching them more often. With pancreatic cancer, um, as well as uterine cancer and liver cancer that I mentioned, are, uh, which are increasing, uh, I think it's just a reflection of risk factor changes over time. So smoking, which used to be a major risk factor uh, back in the 1980s and earlier than that, uh, is becoming less and less of a, a major factor in, in cancers, uh, although it still plays a major role. Uh, but we're seeing things like um, excess weight, like obesity, playing a much larger role. And obesity, as we know, is a major factor in uh, pancreatic cancer, uh, uterine, as well as liver cancer. Uh, now, it's interesting, back to pancreatic cancer, that it's on the list of both the lowest survival and the greatest increases. So what are your numbers for the increase in survival for pancreatic cancer? Well, for pancreatic cancer, over the last uh, 30 years, we've seen an increase uh, of about 7% uh, in the survival rate. So, uh, sorry, 3% uh, for pancreatic cancer. So the the change hasn't um, been as, as large as for other cancer types, and that's simply because we, we really don't know um, a lot about pancreatic cancer. Uh, I think most of the research um, uh, around pancre- pancreatic cancer has happened uh, in the last decade to 15 years. So we're starting to learn quite a lot more about that particular type of cancer. And I, I suspect in, in future years, we'll see uh, much bigger jumps in, in survival for that cancer. Well, we certainly uh, hope so. Our target is to double survival by 2020. Um, what about um, increases in survival in uh, liver cancer, leukemia, and myeloma? Is that because of new treatments? Well, it's partly because of new treatments and also because of um, changes in practice, for example, uh, for liver cancer. Um, the uh, changes in survival for liver cancer really reflect um, changes in practice where there's more awareness of the risk factors for liver cancer and uh, folks who are uh, infected with uh, hepatitis B and hepatitis C, which are the major uh, risk factors for liver cancer, are, are much more aware uh, about you know testing opportunities, uh, as well as their healthcare providers are encouraging testing more often. And so, because of those reasons, we're we're catching liver cancer uh, at a much earlier stage than what we used to when there was less awareness of of those risks. And uh, that's been uh, helping in terms of improving the survival rate for that. Okay, uh, Dr. Day, I'm just going to give out the numbers again uh, in case our listeners want to ask a question or perhaps share a story about their experience with cancer. The numbers to call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. And we are talking with Dr. Pritish Day about the first comprehensive look at the state of cancer in the province. Uh, and Dr. Day, how will this information help us make sure that that we treat these cancers or improve treatment or access? Well, uh, planning for the healthcare system and the cancer st- system in, uh, specifically 
really requires good information, and, and that's exactly what this type of report is aiming to do, is to, to give us um, the information that we need for planning into the future. And um, like I said, the report also looks at 30 years of historical data, which gives us an understanding of where there are gaps in, uh, in our cancer control efforts, um, where we can identify areas for more research, as well as uh, measure the impact that we've had with uh, interventions such as for screening. And so uh, from a cancer system perspective, this type of report and information uh, helps in that regard. Now, uh, the, the report says that the number of cases has tripled in the last 35 years, but what do you expect going forward? How many more cases do you expect, say, in the next 20 years? Well, we definitely know that with our aging population that um, the number of new cancer cases will increase. Um, our population is also growing, and that's another reason for uh, uh, an increase that we expect in the future. But the good news uh, is, is the fact that we are making progress in, in uh, certain areas, especially around survival uh, for cancer, uh, both generally and for specific types of cancer. And so survival rates will also um, continue to increase uh, over time. Uh, the system simply needs to be prepared to deal with uh, a larger burden of, uh, of cancer in the future. And um, uh, information like from our report uh, will certainly help with that. Okay, let's take a call. We've got Darlene in Burlington. Hello, Darlene. Oh, good morning, or good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> um, I do have a question. I would like to have an explanation as to what survival rate means. Um, is it based on the number of years that you go after you've had cancer and you don't uh, get it back? Is that what that means? Well, that's because a good we question. all have to die. Right. So, um, so what do the survivors of cancer eventually die of? <clears throat> Depends on the survivor, but Dr. Day, please explain. Okay, so the, the survival statistics that you'll see in our report refer to the five-year survival rate. Okay. So the survival rate um, basically compares those who have cancer um, to those who don't have cancer in the general population and looks at the uh, survival uh, of cancer patients over five-year period. And so the five-year period is typically chosen because um, for most cancer types, uh, patients who've been treated uh, after their diagnosis and who don't have a recurrence of cancer within that five-year period are considered uh, as being survivors of cancer. So we typically look at the five-year period, uh, but um, in other reports, including in ours, uh, you'll see other uh, periods of survival as well, sometimes shorter, depending on, the, on the, the, the type of cancer that you're interested in, sometimes longer, 10 years, for example. Um, for breast cancer, for example, because um, we've had so many improvements in, uh, in treatment, uh, women uh, with breast cancer are surviving much longer, so we tend to look at a much longer period than five years for for that type of cancer. Yeah, I'm I'm just oh, going okay. to so inter I'm just going to interject there, with, and I think this is going to refer to a caller who is waiting. That uh, with breast cancer, there are different types of breast cancer, and the survival rates for some of those types are very different than the average. Okay, but so in other words. <clears throat> You could take the word survival and just say that they have lived five years without the cancer returning. Yes. My husband has had colon cancer, and his family uh, have all had cancers. He has survived colon cancer, 
but nine times out of ten, he's going to die from cancer. What do you mean so, nine times out of ten? Well, I mean, it's in the family. What else is he going to die of? <laughs> his mother did, his, his sister has it, his cousin has it, or his niece has cancer, um, and he's, you know, 73. The, the likelihood of the percentage of his dying of cancer is, is great. Well, so how I'm long has he survived survival. for? How long has he survived his cancer for? Uh, I guess it's been about six years now, six, seven years. Um, so he has survived it. He he's doesn't have it. But he needs to die at some point. <laughs> I doubt if he's going to die of a heart attack. That's not in his heritage. It's not his, his, his makeup of his family. Um, that, that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying that survival rate to me is very ambiguous because to me it only means that at the moment right now, you have, you have gone five years without cancer. You haven't survived cancer. The well, likelihood of you getting it back is there because it's in your genes and it's in your family history. Uh, Dr. Day, do you want to comment on that? Um, yeah. so, Darlene, uh, thanks think- for your call. Well, the important thing to remember with um, looking at statistics at a population level is that the survival rates plus incidence rates, these all reflect the population level experience. So for an individual, their prognosis may be quite different depending on their particular characteristics like uh, the family history of, of disease, for example. Uh, so on average, um, someone with a particular type of cancer will survive for five years um, um, uh, for about uh, 63% of the population. Yeah, and um, just to add to that, I mean, this is this is what I've been told by oncologists is that, I mean, the f- five-year survival rate, it's, it's taken as a proxy, but the fact is that it's kind of different for different cancers. I mean, there, there are some cancers, like I believe testicular cancer, where if you're clear for 18 months, they consider you cured. And with breast cancer, uh, it can come back 30 years later. Uh, am I correct, Dr. Day? Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, like I said, there, there's different survival periods or average periods of survival for most types of cancer. Uh, at the population level, which is what we report on, uh, you'll see in the report that um, for different types of cancers, the survival uh, will differ. And depending on the cancer, uh, you can look at different periods of time, whether it's five years or less, uh, because some cancers tend to be more aggressive. And so um, looking at a smaller or a shorter period than five years makes more sense. Okay. Um, let's take a call from Gary in Newmarket. Hi, Gary. Hello. Yes. Can you we can hear you. Okay. Um, yeah, I, um, I had, I think, what you call colorectal cancer. Cancer um, on the bowel, large bowel. Yep. Okay. Um, one thing I the reason I'm calling is I think it's super important that people go for colonoscopies. Well, if they're if yeah, they're they, they uh, search search and destroy thing. You know where they they check out your your colon and your intestines for cancer. The, the yeah the the uh, guidelines for that have actually been changed. They don't recommend colonoscopies for everyone. They do uh, rep, rec, recommend um, a, a different test that's a little less invasive, uh, called a, a fecal something or other test. But yes, people definitely should get themselves checked. Absolutely. Sorry. Go ahead. 
that's how they found my cancer. Excellent. And, and are you doing uh, well? Oh, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it never happened. How long ago? Uh, they operated on me in March, end of March. Oh, so uh, you're still recovering. Oh, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, like I say, I feel like it never happened at all. Um, I was in the hospital for five days. I was on my feet the first day, or the day after, I should say. And uh, I was at Mount Sinai, a great place. And uh, like I say, you know, the, the doctor said, well, as far as I'm concerned, I got it all, the surgeon. And I said, great. And he says, now we're going to send you for a CAT scan. We did that. and Everything looks fine. And he said, great. You know, we'll just uh, do a couple extra CAT scans a year and check you out that way. Okay. Well, it's nice to hear a, a happy story like that. Thanks for your call. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. We've got Nancy in Burlington. Uh, hi. Hi. I, I was wondering if the doctor could comment on uh, triple negative breast cancer and its uh, survival rates. And secondly, what risk factors there may be connected to other types of cancer that could occur that might be related to it? Okay, well, that's, uh, that's a tough question that I think that you'll have to bring to your uh, doctor. Uh, but with triple negative uh, breast cancers, they tend to be the most aggressive type of uh, breast cancer. So the survival rates tend to be lower than other types of cancers, so more hormone-dependent um, cancer types. And the risk factors for other cancer types, uh, that's not something that we've looked at uh, in our own work, uh, but there is certainly literature out there uh, looking at this, and um, I can certainly follow up with you uh, if you'd like afterwards to, to point you towards that. Um, Nancy, uh, if you give our producer, Dave, uh, your contact info, uh, we, we can make that happen for you, all right? Okay, thank you. Okay, uh, I'm going to try to take uh, a few more calls here before our break. We've got Irene in Etobicoke. Hello? Hello. Hi, Irene. Hi. Um, what I was curious about is to find out more about a. I think it's a cancer that's related to asbestos. It's called mesothelioma. Yes. And it's, um, it's not something I've ever heard before, and perhaps it's not really a cancer. Maybe it's just a different brand of similar disease. I'm just not sure if the doctor could perhaps explain about that and if um, he could maybe mention as to what the outcomes would be, what kind of testing and or you know, treatments might be available. Okay, well, I can certainly talk about uh, the burden of mesothelioma in Ontario. Um, I can't comment on, on the treatments. Uh, that's something that you can bring to your doctor. Uh, but mesothelioma is a, is a disease uh, uh, that's caused by exposure to asbestos. And asbestos is a, is a fibrous uh, substance, and exposure to it typically happens from um, uh, products con- containing asbestos. And uh, traditionally, there were mines uh, across Canada uh, where asbestos was uh, was mined, and uh, occupational exposure tended to be the the highest risk for exposure to asbestos and mesothelioma. Um, those mines have since been closed, and so um, uh, folks that were um, exposed occupationally to those uh, are now twenty years later. Uh, showing signs of mesothelioma. And so we've seen um, an increase in meso- mesothelioma rates 
since uh, the 1980s. The number of cases is not that high, but uh, uh, we have a sense that they're peaking and they should be going down in the next several years as, as more and more cases um, get identified. Uh, but this is, again, something that uh, is or tends to be occupationally related. So if you suspect that you've uh, been exposed to asbestos, um, it's best to um, talk to your doctor and find the best course of, of action. Okay. Uh, oh, is, is, okay. Is, Thanks very much for your call. I'm, you. I'm trying to get in a no, few I more. Understand. Pardon? I understand. Thank you very much. Yes. Okay. Nora and Fergus. Hi, Nora. Hello. Yes. I had breast cancer in 1974. Wow. And then in um, 2000, I had colon cancer. And I lost my daughter 10 years ago, and I also lost a younger sister. So going back to the caller a couple of before, who uh, says that I will probably get cancer again and and die of cancer. Uh, I, I don't think that's a given, Dr. Day. Well, um, I think life expectancy uh, has been going up, and so we're seeing more and more people getting more than one cancer during their lifetime. Um, so it's, um, that sort of information is, is captured in our monitoring of, of cancer cases. And some, for some cancer types, there tends to be a tendency for uh, a second cancer to, to, to develop. Um, and that's something that uh, we certainly don't report on in our uh, latest report. Uh, it's of interest to us to look at uh, recurrent cancers as well as second cancers. Um, but uh, if, you, if you have any concerns, uh, perhaps speaking to your doctor about uh, testing that you might uh, be eligible for uh, to identify cancer risk uh, would be the, the way to go. Uh, Nora, um, I can tell you I've had two cancers, and uh, they're both gone, and uh, you shouldn't take that attitude uh, that that definitely it's going to come back, but you should be screened uh, regularly. So no, I hadn't heard about that until, until I heard the woman speaking about it, but I don't get regular screening because uh, at my age, I don't really... My doctor thinks I'm very healthy, and she tells me that. And I'm 89, and oh. I take no medication. And so, you know, I just think I'll keep on doing what I'm doing. Well, I think you should. <laughs> Congratulations. Sounds like you're doing great. I am. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, okay, I'm going to take one more call. We are way late here, and uh, we've got... Uh, Katina in Markham, is that yes. your name? Yes, yes. Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm phoning to, to tell people to go for colon test because my husband survived 10 years now. He was pushed from his doctor to go for colonoscopy. He had stage 3 sigmoid cancer. Wow. Yeah, and he's doing fine. He's going once a year for a blood work. And every, everything so far so good, everything is fine. And uh, so is my, I have uh, cancer too, and I'm going every three years for a test. Yep. I'm doing fine. And they find to my daughter, when she went for colonoscopy after 40, she has it too. So well, I'm re suggesting for people to go and have the test. 
Yeah, well, they, they definitely suggested for people who have colon cancer in their family. As I said, they did just change the guidelines. So they recommend a different test for people who are not at high risk. Yeah. But if you're at high risk, absolutely. And, and all of these things uh, people should talk to their doctor about, of course. That's uh, one the bottom line. One question to the line. doctor about my husband. There is possibility to, to come back after so many years? Dr. Day? Yeah. Oh, is that a question for me? Yep. Yes. Yeah, yes, there is a possibility of recurrence for, for any type of cancer. So that's why it's, it's important that if you've uh, had a cancer diagnosis in the past, that, uh, that you have regular follow-up uh, with your doctor and regular testing to make sure that uh, you are actually free of cancer. Okay. And if you're interested in um, finding out the recommendations for the various types of uh, screening programs, uh, you can find that information on uh, Cancer Care Ontario's website. Uh, the three major screening programs uh, that we have in the province are for breast, uh, cervical, and colorectal cancer. And um, in our report, uh, one of the things that we look at is uh, the stage of, of cancer at diagnosis. And we certainly know that uh, for breast and cervical cancer, most of the cases that we, uh, that we identify are in early stages uh, of the disease, stage one and stage two out of uh, four stages. Yes. So I think that really goes to show that uh, having regular um, screening um, according to guidelines um, catches cancers at an early stage when they're much more treatable. And so um, um, that's, a, that's a reason for endorsing uh, screening. Okay, I, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I'm way late okay. here. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, Dr. Pradish Day, thank you so much. Uh, um, that was a fascinating and very informative uh, interview. Thank you very much for that. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.